0: Talent Talk Tuesdays is all about harnessing your God-given talents to live with greater clarity, purpose, and joy. You are wonderfully made, my friends. May all we do be for God's glory. Hello and welcome. This is Talent Talk Tuesdays and I'm your host, Lisa Miladnik. Today's episode is the fifth installment of a five part series on purposeful self-care. So the key concept again throughout the series is that purposeful self-care is selfless. That's hard to say, Um, but it's got to be founded in virtue so it can draw us closer to God. I'm saying this repetitively because I want it all to be in context of how we live as people of faith so today we're looking at self-care for those of you in the executing domain and and as i've said before we all have all four domains in us so listen for the to the extent that it sounds like you right so to review the basic needs of the executing talent themes and the executing domain go back and listen to episode 21 where i really just focus on those um okay and that sets you up for getting clarity uh, on how you could create your own beautiful healthy holy self-care remember that you're unique and unrepeatable all right so remember again too I'm just going to keep repeating this and actually because this is the last in the series um, I'm going to read this section again of the Catechism of the Catholic Church paragraph 365. Um, it says the unity of soul and body is so profound that one has to consider the soul to be the form of the body for example it is because of its spiritual soul that the body made of matter becomes a living human body the soul makes it a human body then it goes on to say spirit and matter in man are not two natures united but rather their union forms a single nature wow it's like mixing you know red and blue makes purple those are it's no longer two separate colors it's one okay those two aspects of physical and spiritual are one nature so that means that caring for your souls and caring for your bodies your whole self your personality your spirit your mind your your gut your heart. That honors God's design. He has done something very beautiful in weaving you together, All right. Remember that scripture tells us we are wonderfully made. That's what all my programs are based on, Psalm 139. That's why you can write to me at lisa at wonderfullymade139.com, all right? So it makes no sense if we're wonderfully made to neglect what is wonderfully made by God. And before, uh, so before we go on to this executing domain, I just want to remind you all again that you're not just one thing and you may be listening for someone else trust the Holy Spirit um it's really important to just have some understanding of where you are strong where you are weak where you have needs and what exactly refreshes and energizes you so that you can be strong to do the will of God and also know what drains you what your design can tell you about God's purpose for your life and if you need some coaching to get clear on that talk to me if you need someone in a different specialty than what I do I will refer you to somebody good I know loads of great Catholic coaches and some great Christian coaches too if I'm not speaking just to Catholics here all right so and again listen for somebody you love too you never know how you might help them step into their world and help them be happier and healthier too so they can better serve the Lord all right back to executing this domain is primarily people that are really talented in this domain are all about getting things done. People high in executing are task oriented and often very organized. They often have strong habits and are really energized by routines. They also take on responsibilities gladly. Like they almost can't get enough of them. They work very hard because they love to work. Okay, think of executing as getting things done. That's their happy place. Let's look at Scripture for some insights on how God sees this collection of talents that He purposed for His glory and your joy. All right, the letter of James chapter 2, verses 14 to 17 says, I love this, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food and one of you says to him go in peace be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body what good is that so also faith by itself if it does not have works is dead that's strong language. Your faith is dead if there are no works. Now, that does not mean if you are a bedridden person that your faith is dead. You can be praying for people, offering your sufferings. There is always something we can do. It doesn't have to be physical work, right? It can be intercessory prayer, right? So but there are lots of different kinds of works. Look at the corporal and spiritual works of mercy in the catechism. They're fantastic. Okay? All right. So we don't want to get stuck on an idea of what is work. But also hear St. James in this telling the pontificators, the people who are Christians in name only or in verbiage only, in whipping out their scriptures to prove, you know, that they've got all the credentials to be considered a faithful Christian when underneath there's an emptiness. Okay. They do nothing for others. It's all about themselves and their own standing or their own self image. Their souls are in danger. Their faith is dead okay so these people who are doers when that doing is given out of love for God oh my goodness it's so beautiful these are people who really walk the walk in their faith okay I feel really pretty certain that Saint James was not addressing them (laughs) these executing talented people all right they'd be right there you know from the earliest centuries of the Christian churches working hard for the kingdom getting it done and they'd be enjoying it they'd be um really energized by that okay so with these thoughts in mind I'm just going to make some suggestions, as I have been the last few weeks, for executing uh, domains, purposeful self-care in the same six categories as usual, the spiritual life, relationships, rest, diet, exercise, and play. All right, so people, high in executing, start taking notes and making lists because you love to make lists and check things off. I know you. Um, So you can make lists of all the possible ways that you can use these ideas or just generate your own. Do some brainstorming because you are such a good list maker. All right, let's start with purposeful self-care for executing in the spiritual life. Number one, create daily prayer routines that start and end your day in quiet and calm that is a challenge for you the routines are going to be great for you but just being calm being still and letting God be God I love uh, Exodus 14 14 I will fight for you if you will only keep still and and it doesn't mean that we should be immobile but that we should be resting in him and that can be a real challenge for you because you're so gifted at doing but do practice it and ask God for the grace to be still right number two make a list of your favorite devotions and religious activities and start planning ways to integrate more of them into each week now if you're already stretched completely thin and you know like I'm thinking of myself at the moment you know with all your work and all your family and everything else but you're also like I do liturgy the hours and other things there's already a lot there I'm not going to add more religious activities but you might have the stamina because you're high executing and you're a high stamina person to add something more just out of delight, you know, integrating more of it into your week because it just feels right for you. Always try to strike a balance though. Don't overdo it. Number three, as a discipline before mass or before starting the rosary or other rote prayers, again, sit in stillness for at least one minute, just try it and just coming into God's presence in simplicity, allowing him to pour into you. So passiveness is not in your DNA. But it's okay to just sit and just trust, you know, let go of some of your self-sufficiency. That could be a real place of error for you. Um, so practice that. Being simple, being little, letting God be big. Okay, number four, consider scaling back your commitments, because most of you are overcommitted. It feels really good for you to take on responsibilities and you tend to take on too many. Um and it makes it hard for you to family time and quiet time and prayer time, time to just rest. So scale back, just pray and let God show you which ones to let go of. Create space for more prayer. Even ministry commitments can pile up and what you let go will give someone else an opportunity to serve. God may have someone else in mind, but you're gathering up the responsibilities so fast that other people can't get in there. Think of it that way. You're not supposed to carry them all, right? So you, and in the process of that, You'll be growing in humble reliance on God, and that's always a good thing. You're never gonna not be doing, that's not gonna be your problem. All right, let's look at how you can pour into and do some self-care around your relationships in this domain. All right, those high in executing, try this. Number one, rather than contributing your talents and your drive and your take charge capabilities and your organizational sense just anywhere where people are just asking you, um search out organizations and contribute your time and talent to places that really align directly with your personal areas of values belief people high in executing are often very values driven and you may have personal things that really just mean the world to you try to find those opportunities that will that kind of harmony will energize you on a profound level that'll be very restorative for you to be around people and work that is aligned with your values think about that pray about that number two practice soliciting the contributions of others remember I said that you can kind of gather up too many things and everyone else can kind of feel pushed aside you might even be like me in the sense that when my daughter was young I was a bit of a helicopter mom or I can do that for her you know I just overdid it and I had to learn a lot from other moms which was so good for me but practice soliciting the contributions of others inviting other people to contribute in your family on teams intentionally create space for them to share deeply about their ideas give them space give them the spotlight before you speak your mind because you're so good at taking charge and and your ability to spot the weakness in other people's plans you're going to want to hold back on that you're probably really good at looking at anybody's plan whether it's your kid starting a lemonade stand and you can see all the things that could go wrong and all the things that have to be planned properly to execute it well you might want to just hold back most of that and just on a you know, case-by-case, as-needed basis, once they've fully fleshed out their ideas, give them space. I did a whole um, episode on this, which was your marriage's 360-degree view. Take a 360, de- anyway, something like that, 360-degree view of your marriage, um, where two people, one that was very creative in ideas and the other very strong in executing, and they had to learn to understand each other and learn how to work that out. So um, sometimes people high in executing can spot all the problems in a plan and say it too quickly and just kill the plan. Um, It can make people feel very criticized and it can stop a family or a team's creativity in its tracks. So you have to know when the pace, the gentleness and the considerateness of sharing what you know and and really support people in making plans because you're going to be able to help them make those plans as good as they can be. You're going to be able to analyze where something needs to be mitigated or planned for, etc. I could go on all night, so I'm going to try to be brief. Um, but you don't want to appear to be tearing them down. Okay? You, you'll be able to experience the joy of contributing if you're more sensitive in this way without the stress of misunderstandings. People may be telling you you're controlling, too critical, things like that, but that's not your intention. You're trying to help. So learn how to help well, and that's going to really alleviate your stress and make your life a lot happier. I promise, right? Number three, use humor where possible to explain the way you have a tendency, because you're probably fairly analytical, to ask a million questions and gather comprehensive data before you commit to an opinion or a decision, right? You need to deliberate. You need answers to questions before you're going to you know step into something you might step in pretty quickly but you need answers first you don't go blindly into actions okay but you can use a little humor like the way my brain works as you tell me that I have like five different questions would you mind if I ask my questions because that helps people lower their defenses you're not treating them like they're stupid you're not questioning their judgment by asking questions it's just the way your brain works okay it's how God wired you it energizes you as you put all the pieces together and it can help them too if you can do it in a way that makes space for them to you know for their dignity to be protected essentially okay all right number four prayerfully start to define success in your most important relationships really listen to this define success In your relationships and then set clear goals for making them stronger in other words we can become workaholics in these executing themes because work feels so good and we can run ourselves into the ground but we can also badly strain our relationships that's why so many really successful entrepreneurs are on their second or third marriages they're so excited and thrilled with working they they have failed to set success goals in their relationships and they need that so start defining it together pray with your spouse or your you know your religious community or whoever it is that you work closely with or that you live with start to define success in those relationships and make those achievements that you work into your planning it may sound cold but it's not it's how you're going to show up authentically and energized to give your best to those people start to define success around these important relationships okay number five since you can tend to be a workaholic schedule relational time with loved ones on a regular schedule remember how scheduling and habits can be energizing for you so create schedules around that too goals and schedules you can have a game night with friends a date night with your spouse or your you know whoever you're dating a date day trips once a month or something like that vacations every year or every six months or however often you go And then reward yourself in some way for showing up and being truly present to the important people in your life and i promise you you're going to have so much more success in those relationships that will reward you automatically but keep in your own mind that these are goals you're setting these are habits you're forming schedules you're creating because you're using your talents to love the people in your life and to show them that they are valued that they're precious to you okay number six Don't be so hard on yourself and the people you love. You're so good at finding problems and solving them that you can start to feel like you're a problem and everyone else is a problem. And you can see problems everywhere. You can really run amok with your problem solving talent because, again, everything can seem like a problem. Do your best to lighten up. (laughs) Ask God to give you a sense of humor about yourself and ask your loved ones to hold you accountable. Just tell them, you know, that's the way my brain works. I'm a problem solver by nature. I can just see a problem under every rock. I can see a problem in the mirror. So, um, you know, (laughs) maybe somebody can help you laugh about it a little bit and just learn to manage it better. All right. Okay, so every strength has its weaknesses. This is perfectly normal. All right, let's look at rest. And this is definitely just resting is the most challenging category for executing all right so number one an hour before bedtime physically cross off everything on your task lists that you got done today physically do it well if you have something on a obviously that's digital whatever it is that you do to mark something as done whether it's Trello or your phone or whatever it is cross it off do that go through that ritual it feels really good and then add anything to that list of things you're crossing off That you hadn't originally planned to do but you did get done add them in and cross them off i'm not kidding it feels so good and you have much clearer sense of what your day was like and everything you accomplished that really helps you to enjoy that feeling of accomplishment and rest okay it's enough for today right that's really important all right number two and the reason i'm saying an hour before bedtime is looking at your task list can be stimulating so at least an hour before bedtime okay number two After you cross off today's achievements, do a brain dump of tasks you desire to complete for the next day. Dump it all out of your head so that you're not thinking about it in bed. Just dump them. And if you have to keep something next to the bed to write them down so you don't forget them, that's fine. That works for you. But don't make your bed the place where you do work, okay? Try to separate yourself from that. Um, And really capture your thoughts so that you know you'll get to look at it again in the morning. You can always add to it or change it. All right, that's just to give you some peace, very hard for, for a lot of uh, executing people. Okay, number three, again, before bed every night, update your success list. Remember I said cross off everything you accomplished, have that feeling of accomplishment, but really select out what are your biggest wins? What did you really accomplish, whether it was practicing patience or landing that big sale or, you know, making the number of cold calls you promised yourself you would do or whatever that may be, whatever business you're in or ministry or whatever your vocation. What are your biggest wins and accomplishments? Did you take that prayer time? Did you manage to sit still and listen to the voice of God in your soul for a minute? OK, make sure you take note of your success list. I like to call it a fiat list, those moments of grace when you said yes to God. Take time to praise God for those things. Each one acknowledge a sense of completion. Again, that that's a nice thing for your brain. It boosts endor- endorphins. Those are the happy chemicals in your brain and they're super healthy for your brain but at the same time as you're praising God and giving thanks you're opening to God's blessing you're opening your heart it's really good for you all right number four if you struggle to sit or kneel quietly in prayer if you're a restless spirit right meditate with beautiful sacred images using rote prayers like the rosary or the Divine Mercy Chaplet so that you both have a clear visual focal point and you know when you're done That's the nice thing about the rosary and the chaplet. You know when you're done. And for someone who likes to get things done, this is not coldness in prayer. You can pour yourself into it. You can focus with all your heart on that beautiful image, and it will help you to get more out of your prayer life. But you'll also know when you're done, okay? And you need that. It's just the reality of how God wired you. right, number five, schedule your before bed wind down and let go of the day ritual, okay? This is gonna be a thing that you're gonna design. What do you need? What are the steps to get to the point where you can actually let go of your day? This is gonna take time to work out. It's going to evolve over time. It's gonna take some head scratching and some prayer and some experimentation. But let that be a task to be completed, the steps of that wind down so that you can feel that sense of accomplishment. Right. So check it off in some way with each step, even if you do it mentally, like the device is off one hour before bed, all your screens and devices, boom, an hour before bed. Sci- science tells us, right, they overstimulate our brains, So get them off and plug them in somewhere away from your bed. Please get them out of your bedroom. Um, you might have a cup of herbal tea. Do some stretching. I've said this before about the strategic thinkers get out of their heads and into their bodies. Well, you need to do the same thing. You might need an affirming conversation with a loved one just download a bit of your day some and ask for what you need you can say listen i'm going to tell you about some of my wins today could you congratulate me could you hug me could you just hold my hand and maybe squeeze it when i tell you something that's important to me i really need a little affirmation that i did enough so i can rest and you might also have something in your routine about listening to music or relaxed reading But make sure that you know what works for you. Keep trying until you figure this out. You've got to crack the code so that you can rest. God wants you to rest. He doesn't want you to think it's all up to you. It's really all up to him. You're giving your yes. You've done enough today. And if you didn't get anything done today, if you legit just had a rotten day, give it to him. It's such an act of mortification and humility to just say, you know what, every day is not a big achievement day. But God loves me, right? So be gentle with yourself. It's really going to help you. All right, let's look at diet number one clearly define your health goals because you love goals in vivid detail with achievable milestones right so by this date i'm going to do this or whatever it is on your diet. and set specific habit changes because you like routines and rituals and habits and order and schedules right so start to work that out clarify for yourself what success would look like for you what would your life look like what would it feel like what kind of help would you need what would the schedule have to look like what would you have to let go of to make this possible work it out and again coaching can help with this it can help you get clarity pretty quickly all right number two since you love data typically people there goes that fly again Um, since you love data since you love the facts and understanding all the parts of something try some of the great there are so many apps out there for counting steps and calories and all those things just keeping track of what you eat and how much you move will give you a sense of achievement and standards for success that can keep your motivation humming so try some apps you know not all of us love digital stuff but what executing people do all right number three Set up an accountability system and celebrate your wins with a friend or a trusted colleague. You need that. You need a little celebration in your life. And meet on a schedule. Again, you like that order and that regularity to problem solve with each other and support each other's progress. Like if you're getting stuck, help each other, talk it through. That's going to be a nice little relational note in your life, too. All right, number four, identify any health issues or potential areas of weakness in your own or your family's dietary habits look at what they're getting too much of. Is it junk food or sugar or alcohol or whatever it might be? Take a look at the patterns in your environment and brainstorm some solutions together. Bring everybody on board if you're in a family situation or a religious community. And remember, give everyone a fair opportunity to contribute and be heard. That's important because you're always going to have lots of ideas and solutions. All right, let's look at exercise. Number one, evaluate your fitness habits and get some exciting goals on your planner for short-term and long-term okay you want to be really looking at your, your yourself as having really specific goals to aim for that's going to help number two schedule regular periods of activity and exercise that break up your work day and provide stress relief you can be all about work and lose a lot of time when you cannot realize that two hours have gone by and you haven't left your desk chair it's not good for your body might want to set up alarms on your phone or something like that but set reminders so that you get up and move and it'll relieve your stress prevent workplace injuries too you know like stress injuries okay number three find ways to exercise that mesh with your values and beliefs Hmm, that's a head scratcher right but I'm thinking like dressing modestly Like when i go to the gym i'm in my 60s i'm not going to wear something real revealing to work out that's goes against my values and my beliefs right i'm a i'm a woman i i don't want to be looked at like that and especially at my age but modesty okay that's a value when i exercise family first might be one like i have a friend who's an athlete but He's doing all these things that are kind of awkward and discombobulated. It's like herding cats to do things with his family, with his wife and young children. So what are the values and beliefs that drive you in your exercise that make it feel like yours? What, you know, that makes it feel like you belong in it. Might be something that has to do with protecting the environment or saving money. So think about that. Think it through. Okay. All right. So the final category is the very neglected play, especially with executing. Okay. Number one try and I've you've heard this from me before but this is a different angle on it go with your friends to an escape room here's the here's the angle on this not just the working together part that I said with the relationship building but work together to solve the puzzle right you're a problem solver you'll shine in your ability to help others identify the solution you can actually drop hints because you're going to be ahead of them most likely but in a light-hearted atmosphere that helps you to stretch your muscles in a really fun low stress atmosphere okay so good for you all right number two enjoy a tactile hobby that requires concentration like it might be knitting or crocheting or something like that but it might be playing chess it might be putting um you know doing solutions oriented games like jigsaw puzzles or crosswords or sudoku so think about you know little hobbies and fun things that you can do that really require concentration and effort and where you you accomplish something that'll be nice for you okay number three start following a sport with complex rules remember how you like all the facts you like to understand how things work you like solutions you might be watching a football game and get to know it well enough to realize oh it's time for this kind of a play or oh that was a bad call by the ref or you're watching baseball and you know all the ins and outs or formula one racing oh here's the the next qualifying race and and look at the numbers and look who got disqualified and that kind of stuff that analysis and the high achieving people involved, those professional competitors, that's gonna be really engaging for you. Just, you know, that's sort of passive you might think, but your brain is having fun. And of course you might wanna go out and play a sport yourself, absolutely. Number four, rearrange or reorganize something in your living space just for fun. Now, some of you know somebody who does this. They change the furniture around, they redecorate, they reorganize for fun. All right, if you're if you're nodding your head and saying that's me, you're very high in executing, That can actually be fun for you. Now, we don't want to pretend that work is always fun just because it energizes you, but something like that actually can be fun. It can be very creative. All right, so I hope something here sparked your own thinking about you and how to really take good care of your talents, really good selfless self-care, self-care that's considerate of others, that helps you to be a better, more holy person that helps you to be refreshed, rested, enthusiastic, engaged, living in the talents God has given you to live in, right? You're that part of God's body that you are. Pray with your notes. Put some of your ideas on a list, right? And start getting them done. Make some choices. Reach out, lisa at wonderfullymade139.com if you have any questions or comments or you want to share some of the cool things that you're doing, I would love that. Um, And as we've done throughout this series, we're going to end with a word from the Lord. This is from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 7, verse 21, where Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Hear that doing hear the task. What is God's will? Okay, so you are gifted executing people uh, at doing the will of God the Father when your talents are ordered toward the Lord. All right, so you walk that walk of faith that's so pleasing to God. This concludes this five-part series on purposeful self-care. I'll be back again next week with something new. Let me know what you think, and I'll see you next week. You are wonderfully made, my friends. Please have no doubt of it. We all have our sins and our failings. We never feel like we're enough. That's a condition of our world and the life that we live. But that's not how God sees us. He has made us wonderfully. Thank you for listening. God bless you. I'm praying for you. Please pray for me too. Bye now.